0: this. I mean, I had everybody. I mean, you talk about, I mean, I, my phone blew up. I have more friends than, than Carter had pills. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, as soon as one thing negative would come out, you know, everybody would start backing up. Right. And and I think those times are good though. I think you, I think, I think that's what the opportunity is in times like that is, is you get rid of the fat, you get to trim the fat, you know, it's kind of like you go out and you get all these friends and everything's good. You're making money and and you're, you know, everybody loves you. And that's kind of like the bulking stage. And then, and then you hit these rough (laughs) roads and it's kind of like, it's kind of like cardio every morning, right? Like everybody starts out in the beginning. It's kind of like the new year's resolution. And then about a month in, you know you figure out who's there who's there that matters
1: I think I think that's a very good analogy and I think and I know for sure you're right where uh, where where people um, before for, for at least for me uh, before anything happened there were certainly a lot of people that were piled on either looking for money a paycheck right or looking for are looking for uh, a benefit like you said maximum parties right or something or whatever it is right? They want to be invited to the olympia after party or yep. whatever right sit at the table at excess whatever it may be right yeah, they want to I, hang out and then all of a sudden yeah all of a sudden nah i can't and uh and so anyway it was it was uh refreshing and i really appreciated it because there were so many people that did the opposite that it really set you apart uh and and that was awesome and obviously since then we've talked many many times on the phone usually at night when I'm i'm having vodkas and I don't know what you're doing over there, but <laughs> that's probably
0: actually, the same.
1: Yeah, yes. Hopefully not as many vakis as me, but yes, for sure. Um, but that—that's usually the the way it goes. So, just uh, kudos to uh, to Dakota because there are very few Dakotas out there, unfortunately. Very, very few.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. Is my audio good? I know it's kind of weird to ask, but is my audio good? Is our audio sorry, coming yep, through good on this they side? They said yeah. thumbs
1: up. They said thumbs up. Yep. Very good. You're, good. you're good to go. You're good to go. Um, so let's go back to, uh, to everything else. Um, how'd you get in the Marines?
0: You know, I mean, I grew up in a small town in Kentucky and, uh, I grew up with my dad and, and, you know, I've got my dad and my grandfather, by far the two best men that, that in my opinion, I've ever walked the face of the planet. And, you know, I played football, I played sports. I was just, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't really like a gifted athlete. I had to just outwork everybody. Right. And, I was young, so, like I graduated when I was seventeen. I wanted to go play ball somewhere. But like you know it's kind of hard when you're seventeen. You come from a school that's like a one a school. Um, you know you you don't you know when you're the best on the team, it's hard to get better, right? And whenever you know even the best on your team is mediocre for another team, it's just you know you are, you can you can't be any better than than what you know you're surrounded by. And so, you know, it's kind of hard to come out of a 1A school. I could have probably walked on somewhere um, as an outside linebacker, maybe a strong safety if, uh, you know, depending. Um, But I just, I don't know. Like uh, one day a Marine recruiter was in in my high school and um, I don't know. I don't know what what got me there. I just, I went up to him, started asking a lot of smart-out questions. And he said, he said, what are you going to do with your life? And I said, well, I'm going to, I'm actually going to go play football somewhere. And he said well that's what i would do too because you'd never make it as a marine and uh, <laughs> so uh i was like i'll sign your papers today let's do it so i signed i did i signed up and um left for the marine corps on uh june 18th 2006. wow super smart recruiter huh geez he was, he was <laughs> a fucking stud man well there there is a reason <laughs> that you know uh, the best the, the best marketers uh you know some of the strongest marketing is marine corps recruiters because they they do it on a they actually go to this whole school of all this craziness and like they actually do it on one of the lowest budgets of any of any uh dod uh dod organization man yeah we need to get some, yeah, uh, to get some marines, yes. more marines in here i like
1: that that guy is a stud man he came out to you're not gonna do it you won't yeah. laugh like, oh, okay I mean, you'd never make it sign the papers right fucking now i'm in
0: yeah i dare you <laughs>
1: Yeah, perfect for you. Perfect.
0: Yeah, perfect. I mean, he just knew what he was talking to. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. He he literally uh, the uh, as we talk about the customer experience, you know, he he had the perfect customer experience for you. Um, so you you joined up, in the cool. So I don't know. Probably a lot of people know, but maybe our listeners don't know. But you were a Marine Corps sniper, also, which is not an easy thing to do. It was.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got in Marine Corps. I became an infantryman, and then um. I went over and uh, wanted to try out for the sniper team. And so I tried out and I got an opportunity to go to sniper school before. So I was part of that surge that Bush did in 2007. And um, I was uh, I got to go to sniper school. I gave up my pre-deployment leave to go to sniper school, went to sniper school and graduated and became one of the youngest snipers ever in the Marine Corps. And then, um, left immediately turned around got out like a week and then turned around left for turned around left for iraq fallujah about a week after sniper school that's pretty cool
1: um anybody anybody who doesn't know um marine corps sniper school is is not an easy thing to go through or pass it's it's super difficult and uh, i don't know a lot of people would argue that that may be the most difficult sniper school right
0: yeah i mean you know a lot of the other um a lot of the other branches send their snipers. I mean, I went to uh, Marine Corps sniper school with um, with Navy SEALs. Uh, we had, I think we had a couple SF guys in there. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, all the special operations uh, send a lot of their guys to our school just because of, you know, the integrity that, that the Marine Corps upholds in the sniper school, the standard that's held there. You know, it's, it's, it is, it's it is one of the best, one of the best sniper schools in, uh, in inside of the the DOD. What was the, what was the
1: most difficult thing you had to do there? Like, what's the, you know, evolution or whatever the 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 thing that that's the the diff- most difficult portion of it? In your
0: opinion, you know, it's all it's, you know, it's it, it, it. The problem is you can get dropped at any time, right? Like, the problem is there's so many, um, there's so many tests, right? Like, there's so many things that are droppable like you know kicked out of school like you have to pass there's so many standards you have to meet right like you it's a knowledge piece of it it's an observation observation piece it's a stalking piece like you have to pass all these different um all these different stages of the course and like any point you don't pass that stage you're done like you'll like pack it up it doesn't matter if you make it to the last day and you don't make it through the final effects like if you fail mission planning on the final effects like and they don't see you as a competent sniper well you're out right and and the sniper community in the marine corps is so small it's only like 300 guys and wow. uh in the entire marine corps school trained snipers so you've got snipers who are training snipers so their standard that they uphold are they only want guys who they would want on teams with them so if you're going through the school and you're going to hold the title like they are going to hold you that standard they're not going to go easy on you like my uh, my chief instructor. He's now uh, Gunner Skinner, but he, at that time he was uh, he was Staff Sergeant Skinner. Yeah, mm-hmm. Staff Sergeant Skinner, and he was he was ruthless. I mean, he was he was, but 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 he he made good snipers. You know what I mean? Like like he 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 was hard. So probably the hardest piece of it was just you know um, stalking was pretty tough for me. Um, it was, it was pretty tough. I definitely, I'm not, I'm not one of the, I mean, I'm not a graceful person. So, you know, stalking is about finesse and it's about, it's about, you know, there's really, you have to, re- and, and I'm not really patient, right. Which is kind of hard as being a sniper is, uh, you know, there's a lot of slow movement. There's a lot of, uh, you know, being able to take your time and, and understanding when to move and when not to move. And, and, you know, and, and at that point in time, when I was 19 years old, actually I turned, like see, I was 18 years old. And at that point in time, I wasn't really, I was just about like, just run through doors, right? Like, that's just what I did. And so it was probably the hardest task I had, but um, yeah, I mean, all, all of it was pretty, was pretty tough. The physical part of it was fine for me. Like I was physically, I was physically fine at all of it, but it just, it was just uh, the finesse part of it of like stalking and then um, some of the shooting parts of it, the unknown was uh, the unknown distance where we have to kind of measure out the targets with our scopes and all this and that spotters and stuff. And, and, you know, that was kind of, that, that was a challenge too, but outside of that, the rest of it wasn't anything that was, you know, astronomical. It was just about mentally getting yourself to that point to be able to, to push on, you know? Yeah.
1: So, um, we're going to just touch on this stuff cause I, I know, so I guess I should ask before we even get going medal of honor, how many times have you told this story? Cause I'm not going to make you tell the story,
0: man, I, I'll pay you not to make, but anyways, I'll tell whatever, um, okay. you know, I've told it, I've told it a lot of times, you know, and, uh, it's, uh, you know, I think, it, I think I try not to look at the dates, uh, I try not to look at the dates this time of the year because I think it's on, I think, what is, I think is Monday the 8th? Yeah. Uh, um, so I think it is. It's in five days. So today's the 3rd, the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th. No, Tuesday's the 8th. eighth,
1: yeah.
0: And uh, so Tuesday will, will actually be um, the 11th year anniversary of it. Wow. So it's yeah. coming up. Yeah. Tuesday. Oh, yeah. So I, the kind of question I had,
2: you know, when Aaron and I were talking prior, obviously it's probably something you never thought you were going to win, but you know not You, you know, don't win when you're, you're awarded. Yeah,
0: you get awarded, whatever.
2: Sorry. Um, no. But is it something that sometimes maybe that, you know, you just did it because that's just who you are and, you know, that act got you the, the medal, but are there times that you're kind of like, man, I wish I didn't, I didn't, this didn't come
0: into my life? Um, I I mean, I wish I was never awarded the Medal of Honor, right? Like, I begged the president, I begged my chain of command, I begged the Commandant of the Marine Corps, I begged the Secretary of Defense, like, I begged all of them not to give me a medal, like, you know, um, yeah, I mean, i don't i wouldn't i mean obviously i would change the outcome of what happened that day but i mean i wouldn't i mean i would i mean i'd say like if you said would would you do it again yeah the only thing i would tell you is is i wouldn't have came out of that valley right like like they would have pulled me out with them like if i if i didn't if i would knew now if i would have knew then what i know now um yeah you wouldn't have got me out of there Do you know what i mean like um I would have, you know, it's probably a good thing, um, but I, I probably would have done things a lot different. You know, you know the the most honorable thing is is there's nothing more honorable than, you know, look, uh, on, on, in a way I, I look at it like I'm fortunate, right? Like I, I get I get to see the world in a perspective that most people won't. Like I get to, I and and what happens with that is you get like a, you get like a. I don't want this to sound cliche because I, I'll tell you everything I say, I believe with every moral fiber of my being. So, but every time you get to see something like that, you walk away from it and um, you get a perspective on the world that most people can never have. You get an appreciation for people. You get appreciation for life. You get to see through a lens, like imagine every situation and hard thing you go through. Imagine that, that it's like a polish on, on a a lens, right? Like glass is, is polished, right? And, and, and let's imagine that every time you do that, you're polishing that lens, right? Or you're sharpening your, the edge of your knife and it's getting sharper and sharper and sharper. And, and so like, I got to see a lot, like it changed I mean, It forever changed my existence. Um, The guy that walked into that valley literally died that day. And there was a new guy that came out of it. Right. And you got like a, you got to choose who that guy was going to be and how were you going to use this experience, right? So do I ever wish it didn't happen? Like, look, I would give anything to to just hug my guys again. I mean, I would give anything to see Kennefix smile. I would give any, of course. I mean, these guys were my best fucking friends, you know what I mean? But but on the backside of it, they got to die the most honorable death that any man on the face of this planet could could only hope to die you know what i mean i mean fighting going down in your boots in a gunfight against an enemy that is trying to you know the the against evil right like it's really that simple like who like how else like we're probably going to die from some stupid cancer or 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 some dumb shit you know what i mean like these guys got to die an honorable death Uh, us three are never going to get american flags draped over our bodies as we die you know what I mean? Like they literally went down for a purpose. And so, you know, I I don't, I definitely don't feel sorry for them. Right. It's, it's like, I I don't feel sorry for them. Like it sucks a hundred percent. Um, I feel sorry for their families, but we all went over there to, like, we all went over there knowing what we were doing, but you know, it's like, it's, do I ever wish it didn't happen? Obviously. But I mean, I, 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 it forever changed my existence. And now how I use that is on me. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it's a long-winded answer. No, no, it was a good well, it's answer. A, it was not an easy yeah, it's it's a good not answer.
1: It's not a quick and easy it's answer. Good, it's a good answer. And, you know, it's funny because obviously I haven't been in anything even remotely close to the situations you've been in. But I've seen, unfortunately, I've seen people die firsthand up close. And even that experience, which is much, much less, not even comparable, it does crystallize what life means, right? When you see a life extinguished, right. you go, oh, shit, like this is finite. It lasts whatever you know this long or this long or whatever or this long and then oh so this is what it's about and it could end at any time and you better think about it differently and uh and I walked away from those kind of experiences saying wow so I gotta think of things differently now now you were you were uh, um you were a a much bigger part I was a witness to it you were part of the the, you know the whole thing and uh But
0: it it changes your perspective, right? Like, I mean, like, like, and it doesn't come down to, well, whose is bigger or who's done more or that yours is worse. Like, like I just know what it's like to hurt. You know what I mean? I know what it's like to see shit that sucks. And, you know, like I, I, you know, and, and honestly, if I hadn't done that, like, think about this, like you want to look at the, the micro and macro decisions and turns in life. If I hadn't have done that and I hadn't have gone through what I've gone through afterwards, I would have never met you and I wouldn't have texted you that day. You know what I mean? Like you look at all these perspectives and it's like every little sharpen, like I know what it feels like to have that stone hit the blade at that angle, right? And that's why that's why I can relate to other people. And so like now, you know, when I go on a call or whenever I get to touch people or I get to I get to see somebody, or I get to see somebody who's down or negative, or I look at the way the things that are going on in the world right now, I see them from a little bit different lens, because my perspective and my priorities are a little bit different because of the things that I've seen. 100%. You know
1: yeah. what, and that's the thing that I always, you know, I think to myself is that the things that have been bad in my life, I would never, ever in a million years change because they're what brought me to here
0: right exactly like like one decision one decision changes and you're not where you're at like one little thing you know what i mean like one little thing changes one one turn left or one decision of you not wanting to get up that day you could have missed that opportunity that forever changed the rest of your life right like one decision of you to like every little every little turn and every little struggle and every little win they all matter right
1: And Dakota, do you think that's God, fate, or chance?
0: Well, it's 100% God. I mean, it's 100% God is, uh, you know, you don't have to, like, I I don't, I'm not into religion, right? Like, I think religion is man-made. I mean, how do you turn Christian, nowhere in the Bible does Christianity talk about 30 different denominations, right? Um, So I I think that that's the human spin on it. But I, I do think that there is a God. I think that there is a I've seen what God can do and I've seen the power of whatever you want to believe in. There's somebody bigger than us. There's somebody who has more control of us. Um, and so I, I, think that, I think that it's, I think that it's, I I think that honestly that everything that we're doing right now in the life that we've already lived has already happened, right? It's already planned out. I think we have a, a limited, a number of, of days. And I think that, I think that, <clears throat> I think that, uh, we are all here for a purpose and it's just up to you to find that purpose. Right. And, and, and I think that's literally it. And, and I, I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I give all the all the credit to God. Yeah. Cause if you don't, if you don't, if you don't think you're going somewhere better, like imagine this, imagine you going to your company and waking up and, and, and sacrificing being away from your kids and your family and your friends to go out here and to, to build a company, if you didn't think that you were, A, going to change people's lives, because I know that that's the number one reason you do it, and then, and because the, the not, not just, you know, not just with the products, but just with the culture you build and by living the example and by being able to be around people and provide them that opportunity, you know, it's just so, it's it's so much bigger, right? And, and then that you weren't going to be able to, like, at some point sell it and then move on and be able to enjoy the build the life you lived and then to be able to enjoy it. Right. Like, like, imagine if you didn't have that, well imagine living on earth and not thinking that there was someone bigger and that there was a bigger plan and that you were going to go somewhere better at some point. If not, then you're just, you might as well be in a prison serving a death sentence. Yeah. Like, why would you get up to, you know, the, the why would you get up? to be a good person? Why would you get up and to, and why, why would you do what you do, right? Like if you didn't think you were changing anybody's lives and you didn't think you were gonna change your life, would you put in this effort? Like, would you not question what, like, what you were doing?
1: I mean, I agree with you. I think there's a natural inclination to yes. want people and uh want to make progress. And I think that's part of the whole thing. Now, I'm same as you, I don't know. I mean, I have no, I'm not religious in any way uh, and I'm not, yeah. I don't know, right. Or what, I don't know any of that shit, but I I do think there's something else going on. It's not just us here on a rock that spins around the sun and there's nothing else going on and we just happen to be here. And that's a coincidence. Right. Um, and I think yeah. that there is a, a, a bigger purpose or else, why would we do this? Why we, why would, why give money to anybody? Maybe we'll keep the money for ourselves and have fun and you
0: know, yeah. Why? Like, <laughs> why? Like, why would, why would anybody show up when you needed help? Right. Like, imagine how terrible the world would be. Imagine, yeah. like, if imagine if if nobody believed, like, I truly believe that the that a man who follows no man is a lost man. Right? Like, if you don't follow somebody else, if you don't look up to somebody, if you don't surround yourself by people, if you can't look around and say, I've got five people here that I think are badass. And that like, I want to like, if you don't see examples of what you want to be like in your lifetime, then like, who do you, who, like, what do you do? Like, how do you get better? Right? Like, you know, that's what, that's why gyms are badass. gyms are like life, right? Like you walk into a gym, there is no hiding who's putting in the work. You know what I mean? Like you walk in there and you surround yourself with big guys. Like you're, you're going to get big. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You are who you surround yourself with to some degree. You don't have
0: to follow God or nothing like that. It's about, but it's about knowing the people you want to be like, like knowing the people you surround yourself with. You know what I mean? Like you're only going to rise to the level of what you're surrounded by.
1: I I totally, I totally agree. And I think that people who don't subscribe to that, by the way, show that can show that can try not Jocko. Look at this go. This is, this is Dakota's shit right here. If you don't know you should know this is <laughs> discipline go that's right if you drink on the market if you don't know go buy it now Dak savage <laughs> we don't have energy drinks so you know and we're one of the few people that will
0: promote <laughs> uh, yeah. other people we, we will always promote no it's people. why you guys are badass
1: <laughs> yes we always will man I, the you know this world's big enough for everybody it's, so yeah we're not so although I am, as Dakota probably has seen or knows, I'm extremely competitive, but doesn't mean that you can't have, everybody can have their own thing and be, look at this. Put that shit on there. Wow. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Ryan, you guys are you bought, are the
0: best.
1: Ryan, I just bought some, Ryan. What are you doing? Wow. Bro? <laughs> I mean, you get like a, what, 96 pack? 96
0: pack. You guys oh, are I, out of control. I
1: mean, life. So this is another, this is another thing that I we i mean both eric and i truly believe is that the pie is not a finite amount where it's like oh shit if we have this much and i i tell people buy this much then there will be nothing for us you know we don't we don't believe we don't subscribe to that we don't believe in that i want everybody to be successful any any good person that has uh good qualities that i like i want to help them yeah. and that's part of and I don't know if that's Dakota, if that's God or the universe or something No, yeah. I mean that
0: that that's just you. That's that's just you being a, a good person, right? I mean, that's what that's what you've always been. You've always picked up the phone, you've always reached out, you know. I've always I've always, you know, look, I, I, I talk to you as much as anybody else. You know, you've always been there any anytime I've ever called you, you know, and that's how that's how I judge people, right? It's like I don't call people often, but like when I call, do they pick the phone up or return my call? Because if they don't. Then, then really how invested are they if they're only calling when they need something, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's just that, that, that that's how you know where people are at, you know, and you 100%. text me all the time. How you doing? You know, it's just, it's just, you know, it's, that's why, you know, you're, you're always encouraging about my my energy drink, you know, <laughs> you're always sending me product. <laughs> By the way, so we should say
1: that. So yeah, the way that me and actually Dakota got uh, met up initially uh was that uh he wanted to you want to tell him you tell him this is before uh, for everything this is a long time ago you tell him okay <laughs> so you, am i okay to tell him i don't know if yeah I should tell okay, okay okay so uh i don't know what, three or so years yeah, ago no, was no, it three, three years, years
0: ago? ago three years ago Three years ago
1: so we were doing maybe i don't know if it was our first Radiant trials or one of the very first Radiant trials and uh and dakota reached out and said man I see you're doing this thing. I want to get in crazy shape. Let me be part of it. What do you want to do? And I told him, "Fucking, let's do it." And I said, "Uh, "It'd be great." Still fat. Yep. And I said, "What can I do to help you?" He goes, "Nothing. I want to buy them myself. I want to buy the supplements." So I hooked him up with a marine, uh, Zach Leeds, who works works for us. And Zach uh, reached out to him, called him on the phone. He ordered his supplements, paid for them. Zach was uh, was thrilled, by the way, thrilled talk to you on the phone and and sell you your supplements right get his commission but sell you this up the supplement and uh, Zach by the way has moved up in the company is now uh, a sales manager and um, done a great job by the way um, and uh, he uh, he was thrilled and it was really cool and um, you sort of did the readiness trials
0: yeah I quit I quit halfway through it you know I was, <laughs> I was fine with the dad bod you know
1: Uh, it didn't work out exactly the way that me and Dakota thought it was going to work out, but
0: it's all good. It's all good. You know, I'm going to come back next year. I'm actually still working on my before picture.
1: (laughs) You're going to make a big transformation, Dakota. It's going to be great. (laughs) One day. Uh, But you, you, you are looking better though. I saw you recently. You're looking, you're getting, I don't know if it's the firefighting or what's going on over there, but you're, you look,
0: you know, it probably is. Like whenever I'm sweating for, you know, every single day it's like i'm in a hot box 24 7 so you know it's like i don't know if it's water weight or if it's true fat um but you know i'm gonna get there you know i'm still like <laughs> i said i'm working on my before picture i think i gotta get right. it perfect before i can work about the after
1: don't don't get there too fast you want to like cheese pizza it up pepperoni pizza it up right and uh, yeah, both, uh, oreos uh, <laughs> for the uh the next readiness trials but that is that is how we we met and started interacting is that the Dakota wanted to make the transformation and the plans were to win big.
0: And yeah, uh, they were. Yeah, but. yeah. And I didn't, I didn't win big, probably like lost big. <laughs> yeah. Well, you put a lot of resources into the, the
1: beginning. He bought like a thousand dollars in supplements. So I, I, I did.
0: I was ready to go. And then, um,
1: oh, thank you. Dakota.
0: Yeah. I just, honestly, I just wanted to support you.
1: Thank you. Oh, that's the best. I love it.
0: me supporting you was way more important than me uh my health
1: by the way just so you know uh, people out there dakota didn't want the money from the readiness trials for himself he was going to donate all the money all of it and i was like man wouldn't that be a great story right yeah i I think it was the very first one it may have been it probably was i think it was
0: i think it was yeah Yeah, it it was a few years ago
1: yeah. it was it was, a, it was a little bit and and you're like yeah i want to donate all the money to a military charity i'm like oh my god what a great yeah, story like,
0: that would be a good story and then been great then life it. happens
1: uh
0: yeah. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> um, all right
1: all right let's get back to the questions here um what do we got here <laughs> What's up? you know what i like to ask we won't even go on the questions but current events so like the world is a weird place right now in Dakota yeah a very weird place and obviously you're there doing the firefighting uh gig and help people saving people and dealing with uh the world in a, in a in a microcosm of where you're at but in the world in general it's in a very weird place do you have any like i mean, a, this is a wide question but do you have any which part,
0: which part just pick a part you want to talk about
1: so let's talk about covid covid we just we talked about in the beginning i don't did you hear in the very beginning i know you're you're working
0: yeah. on I, I, right. I was going back and forth but a little bit
1: okay so covid19 uh i just to re- reiterate re- i guess reiterate right um we've i know a bunch of people that had it i know about thousands of people that didn't have it but i know a yeah. few you know two, few dozen and every one of them's okay no problems kind of like a, a flu or less, some of them, most of them less. Um, have you experienced that yourself? Do you know what people that, and then what's your opinion on it in general?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I mean, we see patients with it, right. It's something that we have to be conscious of. I mean, the last thing I want to do is, is bring um, something like this unknown. Uh, it's not really, it's just the unknown piece of it, right? Like, do I, I do, I think it's, it's, I think the problem that we have in this is not, look, I, 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 you know, when people call it the flu, okay, it is like the flu, but it's just more contagious, right? Like I think that's a piece that that we don't that that is the the big difference in this this aspect of it. Um, obviously, I think it's one hundred percent political. I think that it's politically driven uh, as far as the fear of it, uh, the unknown of it is is unknown. Um, I think that nobody knows. And I think that politics are, are literally playing off that. And I think, which is, I think it's terrible. I think it's terrible for them to put fear into to the American public. So I think that the fear piece of it is also, I think the fear piece of it is more dangerous than anything else, right? Because it's shutting our economy down. It's changing people's lives. Like it's, I think that's the, I think that's the, that's the real danger. Uh, look, I mean, COVID is real. Like, I think it's a real disease. I mean, I don't, I don't think we can argue about that. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know that it's, as crazy as people make it sound but what i have a problem with is look I, I don't i don't care to wear a mask right like whatever whatever that i mean whatever right like look wearing a mask like i used i used to have to wear a, 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 i've been places where i had to wear a vest 24/7 right i'm not going to bitch about a mask um if it's going to save somebody my problem that i have though is in this is if the government is going to hold me accountable to wear a mask at what point do they start holding accountable people to be fucking healthy like why am i sacrificing but other people don't have to like like i don't see now listen there are some there there are these cases that people who you look at and you're like gosh uh i don't know how they got it and 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 it kind of hits you where it's like if it could kill them like it could kill me right but who knows if it was just their day then those are like the minute percentages right um you know, you go to the older side of it, obviously, uh, elderlies, uh, but then you go to these unhealthy people, like the, the people who it's getting, you're like, I'm not surprised. Right. Like, like, and it's, and it's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily the fact of, of, of the COVID that kills them. It's all these bad decisions. It's not just one bad decision of, Hey, this, this person went out to the market today and got COVID. It's no, this person was eating like shit forever. And this person never exercised. And this person was making a terrible decision all the way up, all the way up to this point that got, got them all these other facts, you know, these other, these other problems. Um, And I can't think that when you look, what, what can you, you you guys are pulling up stats right now, go look and see what number we are in the world of the most unhealthy country there is. Right. And I can't think that the statistics aren't, that those don't correlate together of those two pieces. So uh, the problem I have is, okay, look, I'll, I'll wear the mask. I'll do the song and dance. But at what point at what point do I have to stop paying my businesses stop paying and all this other stuff? At what point do I have to, like, I don't, I'll sacrifice, but at what point does everybody else have to sacrifice too? like these other people who are making these bad decisions? Right. Like, and I don't know how the government holds them accountable, but at some point there has to be, you know what I mean? Like there has to be some level of accountability for your own decisions.
2: Yeah. It's interesting you say that. Cause I saw um, a map today where it showed where the cases were decreasing increasing if you took that and layered it over the states with the highest levels of obesity where it's decreasing are the states where it's lower where it's increasing are the st- southern states where it's higher and so yeah, yeah. Those two i think are directly correlated and just again because of politics nobody talks about it
0: well nobody wants to talk about it right i mean it's all about votes it's all about we don't want to hurt each other's feelings right like like you know it's like big is beautiful well big is unhealthy. Right like you know what I mean like like let's look in the mirror and start calling it what it is, and you know, like let's be healthier like there's no way you can justify I mean look i i I feel like shit I I, I could probably use twenty or thirty I lose twenty or thirty pounds. I feel like shit and I know that, but I'm not walking around saying, oh well, it's okay, no, it's not okay, um, but I'm also not making everybody else sacrifice for my bad decisions, you know what I mean and like that's the only problem I have with it. Do I think it's real? It's hundred percent real. Uh, do I think it's political? hundred percent political. Right. Um, do I think that that we need to figure out what it is? Yeah. But I don't think that anybody's figuring out what it is because it's too politically driven. And I think that's the, the real issue here is that we can't figure out what we need to do and what we don't need to do with this virus and how dangerous it really is because it's so politically driven that nobody that nobody's got down to the facts to figure out what the answer is to it. You know? So come November, once the elections are over, do you think or do you predict
1: uh, that that all of a sudden the coronavirus will be less of an issue?
0: I do. I mean, I already think it's becoming that. Right. Like I already I mean, you already see it dwindling off. You already see, you know, you already I mean, it's it's already dwindling off. Right. Like it's it's already going away. I, I, my here's my fear, though. My fear is this. And and um is after the elections. I mean, it's, it's you know, I think we've got one more end of the world crisis before elections, right? Like uh, they're going to screw, they're going to strew something up um, to, to make one more end of the world deal. They're going to, they're holding something probably, what okay. is this? Getting ready to be September. I would say about the third week of October, second, third week of October, you're going to see something astronomical of how the world's going to come to an end. I don't know if it's going to be I don't know if they're going to shove in a North Korea that Kim Jong-un died and his sister's going to do something like, and and, and you know I mean? There's going to be something that you're going to see. I mean, I know they're pushing this China case real hard. You're starting to see dwindle up. Hillary's already setting up the, uh, the you know, she's, they're already using. So what they're doing is, is, is they're, they're playing off what uh, Trump, and look, I'll tell you up front, I don't like Trump and I don't like, I don't like Biden. I think that it's, it's sad that our world, that these are the two people that, that we feel like is best to represent us. Uh, But I mean, out of the two, like Biden is a complete moron. So um, um, what I do think though is, is I think what's happening is, is is the the Democrats are trying to use uh, Trump's strategy, right? So Trump's already bringing up how he, you know, they're trying to do these mail-in ballots. And then Trump's trying to, he's already putting the narrative of how the Democrats are going to cheat, right? So you already noticed that they're going to spin off that. They're tired of fighting against him. So they're going to use what he's saying to validate their loss. Right? So, so what they're going to do is, is like you see Hillary already putting it out there to not, to not go ahead and, and concede. Right? No matter what, don't concede. Because they're going to try to cause this uproar that Trump didn't win because it was all rigged because it was mail-in ballots.
1: So- so with with that in mind, what about the other the other direction? If 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 Trump hypothetically, you know, got if if he Trump loses, uh, will he will he say peacefully leave office or will
0: he yeah say absolutely, it? absolutely, yeah? I mean, I I think I think he's going to make sure that he feels like he got beat. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, Bill Clinton making comments like, and this is the problem I have with all this, right? Is a A first off I don't agree with Trump when he said bring the military in to fix these riots. Right? Like first off that's not what the military's built for. Um you you know the military's built to go overseas. Uh our, our police, we got a federal we got our feds, you put US Marshals, you take the FBI. I mean we have plenty of plenty of people who could just the cops in this world could fix it if they allowed them to do it, right? Um But uh, I think that, I I mean, I think that he, I mean, Trump's not, what what do you think he's going to do? Try to have a standoff in the White House? Like, no, I mean, he's going to, he'll go home. Like he'll, he'll take his loss and he'll go back to doing what he does. I don't, I mean, I don't, I just think it's so crazy that we're trying to play off all, all these fears of, you know, I hate when I hear people say, well, when's it time to take our country back? Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like when people say shit like that, they have fed into the wrongs. Like the media has gotten them just as much as the media has gotten the side that's protesting. You know what I mean? When the when when you hear when you hear those, it's just it's really crazy and we got to be really careful about saying those things because When you say that, you have a 17-year-old who hears it and who feels like he's got to make a stand. And so the difference in us is, in him, is we're mature enough to know that it's not time yet. A 17-year-old hears stuff like that, and guess what he does? He has his mother drive him across state lines, and he pulls an AR out. He kills three people, and the rest of his life is ruined. You know what I mean? I think I lost you. I don't have any audio audio has gone. There we go. I got you now.
2: Okay. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not really sure who who's the right person to run this country at this point, but so I know you've had a little presidential experience. How, how was your beer that you had with Obama and how was that conversation?
0: You know, I mean, take the politics, the politics, let's get out of the politics of it. Um, I mean, he was a nice guy. Like, you know president obama was he treated my family great um treated me great i mean i've been with him multiple times um always a really nice guy right i mean really one of the i mean i enjoyed all, i always enjoyed his company you know i always enjoyed being around him i always enjoyed being around um president Bush. i mean I, you know I, I i don't you know but i don't I don't agree with anybody on everything right but I, I i as far as like I just care about how people are as, as decent human beings. You know what I mean? And I don't think until anyone sits in that seat or until anyone has to make those decisions, uh, I don't. I just don't know that we're qualified without all the information to ever armchair quarterback somebody. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and that, uh, believe me, that's a position I would not want. I mean, you know, you're no. the leader of the free world, and I mean, uh, you know, I say it all the time, especially now with the way the world is it's damned if you do damned if you don't it's like you can't make a right decision no matter what you do so mm. i would not want to be in that position no matter who you are
0: yeah i mean it's yeah yeah it's terrible it's terrible but look at the end of the day like what i don't hear enough about is do you guys you guys ever know those people you hang around and all they do is bitch about problems right they're always negative like it doesn't matter what you do if you gave them a million dollars they would bitch because they had to pay taxes on it right oh, yeah. um that's kind of that's kind of what America's gotten to. Right? Like, like, you know, you, you look at it, what I don't hear enough about is is I don't hear people saying, and it and it, and it really disheartens me, I hear people talking about that we live in the greatest country on the face of the planet. Because you still take our problems and you could probably multiply them by 10. And I promise you that we in America have problems that every other country wishes and only dreams to have you know? And so what does that mean? What does that mean? Right. It means like when I look at these riots, these riots aren't as bad as everybody's making them out to be right. Like it's not, it's not affecting me. It's not a, like, I don't, I don't see anybody riding trying to to take over my house. Right. Like, yeah, there's small riots popping up, but the majority of the population, the majority of Americans are still waking up and doing the right thing. The majority of Americans aren't sitting here wanting to hurt each other. And, you know, isn't that isn't that really what it is? And the media is just feeding in and trying to lie to us to make this such a bigger deal than what it is. If they would stop giving it attention, it would go away. But because we're in an election, it's going to get the attention and nobody wants to do anything. And I just think it's really unfortunate. And at the end of the day, the problem is, is that our police officers are the ones that are having to pay for their hands being tied. You know what I mean?
1: 99.99% of America is not being affected by the riots directly. I mean, it's, it's, but unfortunately, because as you said, being in a political season, the presidential election, this is a very highly politicized time. and, And it seems like, because you see the news, you're like, oh my God, the, the the riots are coming. They're going to be here any time. I don't know how, how we're going to handle this. And uh, and it's actually causing a lot of Americans to go buy a gun and appreciate the Second Amendment. But, I mean, it's uh, it's it's very, very tiny in the scheme of things. Not, and we haven't had any riots here anywhere around us. So no. And we're like, oh, no, they may be around here somewhere in Boca or Fort Lauderdale. And there's probably some Miami, but I haven't really even heard of that, honestly. So
0: it's like. And you want to know. You want to oh. know. You want to know what the biggest problem is? Like, here's the biggest problem is this is how disconnected our leaders are. Look how old Congress is, right? Like, I mean, when's the last time you think majority of them even knew the problems that me and you deal with every day? You know what I mean? Most of them don't, especially the ones who have the most power, right? You take Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, you take Biden. I mean, you go down the list of it. Like they have no idea what a life like us is. They have no idea what our issues are. They have no idea what dynamic of the world we live in. So they're so disconnected. And let me tell you how you know they're disconnected because what they do is, and they they have played off this, and here's where they've messed up, and this is the good part, is that they've played like this race thing is going to last. The majority of us in America, like we're – We don't look at it like that. We're past that. That's their generation's problem. You know what I mean? Like, that was the older generation's problem. Like, I don't wake up and judge somebody based off their color. I don't look at, I don't judge all that. Like, that has, like... I couldn't care less. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what gods you pray to. Like I couldn't, I don't care who you marry or what sexual preference you have or, or what you want to identify as like, look, as long as you're happy and you're a decent human being, I really couldn't give a shit what you do in your personal life. And if you have to identify as all these and, and believe a way that I can't understand or believe. Okay. I, I, Okay. If that's what you need to do to be a decent human being and to, and to contribute to this idea of democracy and to live happily in the United States of America, that's fine. Who am I to look at you and tell you how you need to live?
1: I, I, I like that. I like that. And I think that's very true. I think you're, you're 100% on target with that is uh, this generation. I don't care. So when I, when I, you know, we have a lot of diversity here at the office. At the Red Cowan office, we have 125 or so employees at the office and 15 or so employees at the gym or so. I don't know. Yeah,
2: we probably have 140 people total. Yeah,
1: and, and never once have I thought, oh, he's black or, oh, oh she's whatever, whatever, anything. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's, uh, it strictly judged people based on the merits of their character and their job. And I don't mm-hmm. even think about it. And so, like, when people compliment, and I've had like, my good friend, the Honorable Rob Wilkins, it was like I admire your adversity in your office because he's been here and he knows everything. I'm like, well, I don't even fucking know about it, honestly. I didn't. I, that wasn't intentional. I just do. I hire who's ever the best for the job. You don't think about like, oh well, she's black, so I'm gonna hire her. I don't. I don't care. We have a quota to fill. It, it, like- doesn't, it doesn't matter. Well, that's matter.
0: what I'm saying is, and where you where you take away from what everyone earns is when you start putting those quotas. Right. Because then people look at it and they take away the credit of, well, he only got hired because he's a minority or she only got hired because she's a female. No, take away those quotas. They got hired because they fucking earned it. You know what I mean? And like, that's, you know, that's the problem. But listen, this is, this is the, the, I hate to say it. This is the democratic way.
1: (laughs) I think I, you know, I I think you're, you're totally right. And I think you're right. Also saying that this is a different generation who is conscious of that because this generation uh let alone the the, the newest generation they don't even they don't give a shit. it doesn't matter it's not important and so nobody's saying no no 20 year old is saying well well i hope that in college you know that they give you know whatever uh uh latino people a better shot at harvard nobody gives a shit. They're like whatever we're all the same make everybody equal and anybody who's the best should go to harvard it shouldn't be a white person a black person a latino person, a Muslim yeah. person or a gay person Nobody should get an advantage. Everybody should be equal. And if anybody thinks that's not the way it should be, then I think they have a problem, and it's a bias on their part. If you want to say that black people should get a better shot at getting into Harvard, that's, in my opinion, that's racist. You know, that's- it's just
0: as much the problem as it is the other way, right? But I think, I think that, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, just like even like kneeling on the flag, right? Like kneeling during the national anthem. I don't give a shit. I really don't care. Right. Like, if that's what you want to do, if if that's what you feel like is in your best interest and 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 that's how it goes, like, I promise you, I've got a lot of other problems that I would like to figure out before I need to. to. if that offends me, then I'm going to get offended on a daily basis. I probably need to toughen my skin up. Right. And, And the way I look at it is, is when I see like not riots, like riots, Antifa. Antifa is a complete terror, a domestic terrorist group, period. Like there's no other way to identify them. Um, but when I see someone kneeling on a flag, when I see someone protesting, peacefully protesting, the way that they're supposed to do it, um, that that's what my guys died for, right? Like people are selfish. People are selfish, and if they're going out there to voice their opinion or whatever they feel like they need to do, if that's what they need to do to get it out of their system and if they can make change and as long as they're bitching about problems that they have a solution to, I'm all in, let's do it. But I just feel like, you know, there's no conversations being had, right? Like there's nobody sitting down. It's, it's even, but, but it starts, but I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to drive this whole long winded piece home. You don't think that this is a direct reflection of leadership. Like you look at the chaos, like this was bound to happen. I called this three years ago. When you see so much fighting between the Republicans and Democrats all the time, when you see Trump fighting with everybody, when you see all that up up top, like when when if you see parents fighting all the time in the house, what the fuck you think their kids are going to do? This this is this is the problem with the chaotic environment that Congress and the leadership. Who has a pedestal and even even people who have uh who have a microphone, who have Instagram, who have all these statuses, like the guys who get on the rants, on 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 their on their stuff, you know, the the people who are spinning it, right? The people who are are are, are doing what I call the emotional hand grenades, like all those people have a little bit of skin and blood on their hands as to what's going on inside the United States of America right now. And when they don't want to act like adults, you don't think that that's a trickle down effect. And this is only going to get worse until we get adults up in Congress who are literally here, not for Republicans and not for Democrats, but they're here for Americans. And until that happens, like you're only going to see this chaos rise and rise and tension rise in the media and all
1: this. So do you foresee that that happening in terms of like getting the adults in Congress? or in- No. No,
0: it won't happen. But but like you said, you just said it right. Like when you look at it and you, you watch the news and you see this emotionally charged stuff like I think the cool part is, is I think the news, if we play it right, the news could be non-existent and probably like CNN and like all those big news is Fox and all that. I think you could probably get rid of those probably in 10 years because the the social media is, is taken over. Right. And you will be able to follow people that you trust and you'll be able to follow people that, that, you know, you'll get your information from sources that you believe and you know how to find it kind of like people are doing now. Right. That's what I hope happens is I hope that I hope that, that we can find a way to get rid of the media as we know it. And we can start, you know, people can start selecting what's important to them instead of having someone or some network tell them what's important to them right
1: i wouldn't be surprised at all i mean in our industry in the bodybuilding and fitness industry all those magazines that i loved as a kid they're all gone Flags I mean, and all, all of them are gone yeah all muscle, yeah, muscle yeah. magazine gone because now there's no reason to sign a professional bodybuilder and put a put money onto. to a contract so that they'll take pictures with you because now there's social media. Why do you need to follow Ronnie Coleman in the magazine? Cause you can follow Ronnie Coleman in real life. You can see what he is doing and it ruined that, that industry, which, which is sad for, for me personally, for us personally. But in reality, now you have an actual, now you know who the guy is. You can see a video of him telling you this is what I take, or this is what I do, or this is how I train. And I think, I think you're, you're onto something there where, the news could come from the actual people that are making the news versus an outlet that's deciding an agenda of their own or a story of their own.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's why, but here's what I tell you. I think that's why podcasts like this, and I think podcasts are really important, but but there's also a level of responsibility when you have a microphone or you have a following of being able to see both sides of it and to not you know to make sure that you're educated and you're looking at all sides of it and perspectives of it to make sure that you're giving out good information because the last thing you want to do is 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 also you could become the same thing that you're against you know what i mean
1: 100% so um one thing that i want to talk about before we uh we end this thing uh dakota's is, is entrepreneurship so yeah. when you got out of the military you got all kinds of opportunities and people came at you obviously you had tons of public speaking and and you did well, until COVID, basically you've been part of uh, public speaking has been a big part of your thing but i wanted to have you talk about that part of public speaking and having that as a business but also the other businesses that you've decided to take part in to to, to actually begin from scratch and how big a part of that your life that is
0: yeah i mean you know look i i, I do a lot of public speaking i work for um i work with toyota and the u.s chamber of commerce um I love public speaking just for the fact that I I get to go and and talk to people. Like I like to I like to go hear people's problems and I like to give them just try to give them a different perspective, right? Like of uh, uh, both sides, uh, just or just from my life experience. Um, and then you know I started a canvas company called Flipside Canvas. Uh, it's one of my favorite one of my favorite companies. We um, we do uh, digital art. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, I just, and, and the, and the, the, the drive behind it was that I I, like, if I could give, uh, or put a piece of quality art in someone's house that motivates them, you know, arts, arts about feelings, right? Art is about like, when you look at art, it makes you feel a certain way. That's why people hang, like, you know, you can walk in somebody's house and know a lot about them by just looking at the feel or by looking at what they hang up. So, you know, that's what I did is I, 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 I built, I built that, that I wanted to give high quality, um, you know, uh, art that people could hang up in their house that would motivate them every day and, and maybe make, make their day just a little bit better if if I could. Right. And, um, so I do that. I have a, I have a company called own the dash. It's an apparel company. Um, it's a really cool company because it, you know, it comes from, you know, the one thing I've seen a lot of is just how fast death can happen. Right. And, it's ugly and we're all going to do it. And that's just part of it. Um, but you know, like Linda Ellis wrote this poem that talked about how, you know, after we die, we both, you know, we all have this, this legacy as a tombstone and on that tombstone is uh, a dash, right? You've got the day you were born and the day you die. But what really matters is that dash in between and how are you owning that dash? Right? Like we only have control of so many things, you know, I know we, we think we have control of a lot, but, um, But really, you really have control of nothing. Uh, Everything else is just a false security. And so, but what you do have control of is not, is how how you, what your dash looks like, right? Like you don't have control of how long your dash is, but you have control of how people are going to remember you. And the way I look at it is, is every day when you come into contact with people, uh, they're writing your eulogy they're going to write and what they're going to say about you after you're gone like you're building your legacy. And and depending on what you want people to say about you and depending on what you hope people remember about you is is what you do by how your actions are. And it doesn't matter how much money you have, it doesn't matter how many cars or planes or whatever it is. I've never gone to a funeral where anybody's talked about that stuff, right? Um but what you do is you go to a funeral um to and you hear about how that person made other people feel. And that's what you get to do. That's really literally the only control that you have in your life. Like, I mean, each one of us could be bankrupt tomorrow. Like who knows? Like who knows? There could be a problem brewing that we have no clue about. Right. And, and we have no control of it. Uh, we could each, I mean, I, I could get killed. I could die of a heart attack right now. I mean, it, who knows? Right. But, but, All I know is is that every single day I wake up with a clean slate and every single day I leave it all on the table and all I do is I have one goal and that's to try to leave every everybody that I see or everybody that I come in contact with or every place that I go, I just try to leave it just a little bit better than I found it. And if I can do that, imagine if you could do that, how much better the world would be.
2: I agree. One of my favorite quotes comes from Dr. Seuss It's on my office is, you know, you live today as if this is the day you're going to be remembered, because like you said, every day is potentially someone's writing your eulogy. And it's how, you know, your um, grandfather said the same thing to you, like, you know, if you were to die today, what would people say about you? So, you know, I think it's important. I mean, that's the way you really need to live and then be happy in doing it, too. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I I, I live by the rule of I'm, you know. I'm gonna live life to die. I'm not gonna die in life trying to live.
1: That's awesome. So, um, it, it, with that in mind, fatherhood is a big deal for me. I have three little boys. Eric has two, and, uh, and I know you have some on your own. Fatherhood—how big a deal is it for you? And how did that? How did that change your life?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've you know I've got my two daughters, and like, I mean, they're perfect. Um, they're the greatest thing that ever happened to me. My, uh, I've got a three and a four year old and, um, I mean, they're, they're everything. Um, I think fatherhood is, I think fatherhood out next to next to being a husband. Um, you know, I think fatherhood is by far the best thing that's ever, you know, could ever anybody could ever enjoy. Right. I think it's one of the most important titles that, that ever, ever comes around. And I think that, you know, look, I think that's, that's, you know, that's my number one job in life is, is being a father and and making sure that, that I, you know, the, those, those girls didn't get to choose who their father was, you know, so I have an obligation to them to wake up every single day and to make sure that, that I am the best father that, that I could possibly be. And I owe it to them for that. Right. And so, you know, being a father is, is by far the greatest, one of the greatest titles i've ever had in my life yeah so from one love to another a smaller love but we're going to
1: end with this because i have to ask you helicopters yeah Not children but helicopters you love helicopters and i love planes and i i'm curious you're like what how that got going for you and then what's uh what's the next step for you in terms of helicopters and then and they're going to let you know
0: you know, all my, all my buddies fly, uh, they, I, look, I'm, I, I fly fixed wing too. Um, but my buddies, my buddies, uh, I was getting ready to buy a, uh, Saratoga TC and, um, I was going to buy that to, to get around, you know, like I travel a lot. So I was going to use it. It would help me, you know, if I'm going to Dallas or Houston, like it just, it changes. It's a time machine. Right. And so I was going to get that. And then my buddies like, man, like where you go, you need a, you need a helicopter. And I was like, no, I don't really think, no, I'm out. And I flew it one time and it is I can definitely relate to how people who do black tar heroin because that's probably what it's about like. Uh, um it's I love it. I love it. I love my helicopter and, and honestly, like I use it, I use it for I use it for work, right? Like like today I flew it, I flew it to work and then I flew it home because it gave me more time to be with my daughters. And and if it wasn't for my daughters, I probably wouldn't have a helicopter. I probably wouldn't be able to justify it in my head, but Every night that I get to come home, I, I you know, by getting divorced, I gave up 50 percent of my time with them. Right. So I gave up nine years right there. So every every moment, every hour that I get to spend with them and every hour I get to be home to be with them. Um, there's no dollar amount that I can put on that. And so that's what my helicopter does for me. It allows me to spend nights at home with my daughters on the days that I wouldn't normally be able to do it or I'm not as tired as I would have been if I'd been driving eight or nine hours. So it's just, for me, it's it's like a time machine. So what's my next step? I'm gonna get a bigger helicopter.
1: <laughs> uh, is, uh is so uh, you were able to land your helicopter at the fire station?
0: Yeah, I landed there today. I landed everywhere. I landed it. I don't really i fly more than i drive um i landed all my restaurants i go to i landed my gym i landed on it you heard of on it yeah. so i landed on it um i landed where i roll jujitsu i mean pretty much everywhere i go i land my oh. helicopter there is that,
1: is that okay or do you just fucking say screw it i'm doing whatever i want
0: uh you know i guess like what are they gonna do tell me
1: have you have you gotten in trouble for landing your helicopter places?
0: No, I mean I've had like I think I had the fire department show up one time. So I guess somebody called them and like reported that there was a helicopter going down, and they like showed up and they're like, "Are you all right?" I was like, "Yeah." They're like, "Oh, cool, that's cool." So I mean, I've had cops come over and say, "You know what? What are you doing?" It, it's, like I had a cop ask me. He said, "Are you breaking the law?" And I'm like, "You should tell me." <laughs>
1: So, so you think you think it's it's because you're you though? Like that they see you and you're like, I hey. have no
0: clue who I am.
1: They don't know. Okay, all right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean you can like the rules are as long as you have landowner permission, you can land. You can so land there.
1: Little bird land for the Murph. We had the Murph at the gym. I think I told you that we talked about yeah. the Murph at the gym. We had a little bird land, uh, our friend Paul landed his little bird in the in the uh, parking lot and uh, no problems. He's like, Yeah, it's cool, don't worry about it. You're good. I was like, all right, we don't have to ask anybody. And he landed it, no problem. Took off. Yeah, you don't
0: good. like there's there's no like unless like if somebody lets you land there, you can you can land. I mean, like I land it, I'll call a place and be like, Hey, do you care if I land at your restaurant? And they're like, Sure, where do you want it at? We'll block off everything. Like it makes the restaurant look good, right? So like I I mean yeah, as long as you, I mean, you know, as long as you as long as you have landowner permission, because really that's all you're doing is touching the ground on that land. So as long as you've got their permission, like, yeah, I can land anywhere.
1: Do you ever took a date on your helicopter to land at a restaurant and go for a date?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Oh my God. I'm talking about, talking about
0: <laughs> impressive. it goes for you and it goes against you, just so you know. Like it's not. You know, it's not, it's definitely not like you don't pick up the, you don't pick up the women that you want to be around or keep by taking them on a first date in a helicopter.
1: That's okay though. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> might just be there for a good I don't know, long time. Yeah.
0: yeah. Maybe you're not looking for like, if you're doing that, you're not going to find Miss Wright, probably just Miss Wright now.
1: But pretty damn cool though. Pretty damn cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's always fun. Yeah, Lamborghini. Forget about Lamborghini. I got a fucking helicopter out there, man.
0: Well, that is what I always laugh about. Is I land and like these guys are pulling in their Lamborghinis, and I'm like, "Yeah, but you still can't fly." <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you know like like the girls that are with them that you know, like I the other day there was like I don't know what it was. It was either Ferrari or Lamborghini. I can't I can't remember. There was I can't remember who, which one they were in, but I landed at this place and. uh the girl who was with the guy in the car walked over to get a picture with the helicopter. You know what I mean? And that's how, you know, that's the that's the flex right there.
1: Yes, totally. Not for the chicks, but I want a helicopter now, if I can land it anywhere. Oh, dude,
2: For time savings, I'm in, I'm in. I I completely agree with you. If I could, you know, my house is like 40 minutes and it's only like a 10 mile drive. I'd love it just in and out and save you time. I can save more time with your kids and that's it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you take, I mean, in r 44. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the most efficient helicopter. You know what I mean? As far as like economic economically, right. Like it's, it's not, yeah, you're not going to put a ton of weight in it, but like if you're just using it for you and another guy, it's perfect. Right. Like it's uh, it's, it's, it's perfect. I I love it. Like my buddy, I go to his house and he's got, he's got a a helicopter too. So we work out at his gym a lot his house and his hangar. And it would take me an hour and 20 minutes to drive there. It takes me 14 minutes to fly there.
1: Wow, you're, cool. you're just convincing them to buy it out. <laughs> you're so, you're now so I got to fill out it.
2: fucking paperwork for a helicopter tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so into a
1: helicopter right now. Oh my god, my wife will hate a helicopter. though She's scared. I've been uh, landing like, on the roof. I think we might. We have to get engineering specs on the roof. But if we could land it on the man, we have the biggest roof. It's it's unbelievable. It's like it's a football field. It's a football field above the building. Uh, if we can land on the roof, then it's like it, literally, here, it
2: leads right to the third floor. Of the offices. <laughs> that's the end of it.
1: If I can land on the roof. Yeah, that'd yeah, be awesome. Get to that, right, Dakota, like check it out.
0: I mean, I, like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm no, I mean, I'm sure it'd be fine on your building. Cause it, it like, it, like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'd be fine. It's only like you're only talking about twenty five hundred, like 2, pounds.
1: How sure are you, like, like a hundred percent sure? Take like, his I, validation. I would, come,
0: I would come land on your roof all day long.
1: All right. All right. Okay. Well, it's tempting. I mean, Dakota. Is it, is
0: it concrete?
1: sure so, so we're good to go <laughs> is it
0: a flat roof
1: Tomorrow? sure why not
0: is it, it was... a flat roof
1: yes yeah, yeah, totally flat
0: yeah for sure i mean you got you've got those big air conditioners up there right like all that stuff those commercial come exactly. on if it'll hold all those air conditioners you know damn well it'll hold that like those how much you think those air conditioners weigh
2: Wow, well, those got some of those gotta be close to two tons
0: Oh, that's four thousand pounds right there. So let's see. Give me, give me a good look. Zoom in on it, dude. There's
1: Yo, the, there's the that's shake of our shield. Oh,
0: of course. Look at those. You've got all those, all those air conditioner units up there. Oh, of, oh, I'd land on that all day. If there's, a, if there was a, a, a door up there. Psh, there is.
1: There is. Of course,
0: there is. Yeah. Why'd well, I'd, I'd land there all day. I'd put me a windsock up there. I'd land there all day.
1: <laughs> what part should we land at for tomorrow, Dakota?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. let's. Uh, yeah, anywhere right there. Or you, can, I mean, I could land over here on the right on that other piece, or wh- wherever. The, I'd, I'd land. Honestly, I'm, I'm fat and lazy, so I'd land closest to the door. Dead
1: <laughs> in the middle That's of the AC there. units over there on the But hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. I think I want to do it. I want to do it. I think Dakota convinced me. I want a helicopter. I'll learn to fly every I'd love to. It took. Learn to it fly. only
0: took me ninety. It only took me like eighty four days from the time I bought my helicopter till the time I had my license.
1: And have you ever had a scare where you're like worried, like, uh oh, bad, bad time,
0: uh-oh, uh-oh. Maybe want to do? Nothing Why? crazy.
1: <laughs>
0: Nothing what crazy, was- but I mean I've I've had a couple.
1: What was the worst one?
0: Um probably the other day I had like a uh, um had a valve stick. It was like a first off, I shouldn't have been flying because it was like 105 degrees out. Really not a good idea to to fly in that. It's like let it's 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 you know, it's not. First off, it's hot. It's hard to get. You know, it takes more power and this and that. So I was flying the other day, and then um, a valve stuck. And what happened was I was in a, I was doing a low turn, and um, yeah, my I, uh, my rotor, my rotor. So my engine started to droop down. My power dropped down. My rotor RPMs dropped down. I had to get down and get some airspeed. But I mean, I pulled out of it. Like I, I made it home.
1: Was it were you nerve you were super scared or
0: what? Oh, I was uh yeah, I was super scared. The only other thing that scared me is uh weather. Like I've got myself into, you know, the with the helicopter, like all I like I literally fly treetops, you know what I mean? Like I literally pick up to where I know I'm above any power lines or trees, and like I'm right above the treetops, you know, maybe 20 feet off the top of the trees. And um so like you know, you can get yourself into like fog coming in and stuff you can kind of get yourself into some some positions that you don't need to be in and so like i was coming back you know you, you've you heard of the chive
1: yeah yeah, yeah of course yeah. so me and
0: john resig were coming back uh from on thanksgiving last year so you, you, uh, john so john and leo are the two who started the chive and so me and john are flying back and uh it rained in front of us like beautiful day Uh, It rained in front of us and then all of a sudden uh, when the dew point and the temperature get within four degrees, you have fog come up from the ground. And so it dropped the temperature down far enough to where the fog came up. And so like it just socked us in like it just like instantly socked us in. I couldn't even see the ground. So I had to like I was like feeling for the ground, like coming in, like trying to find a place to land. And we land in the middle of this field. And I had to leave my helicopter there for two days and we had to get a ride home. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, good that you landed instead of sending, you know, fuck it, keep going anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to Kobe it. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yes, don't that's go. A, go, they don't a, go. The weather's bad, don't go.
0: Yeah, listen, you know what they say? The number one killer to helicopter pilots is get their itis.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I don't uh, I don't understand that at all because you know we I, I, uh, we fl- we fly private a lot and if somebody ever said the pilot said hey it's really bad weather we shouldn't fly there's not a bone in my body they'd be like fuck it let's do it anyway go I want to go I have to be there
0: yeah I mean look you know some of these guys like they they do it so much you know I I mean you know you always got to be you you know you 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 don't really you know it doesn't catch you until it catches you. Right. And the worst thing that happens is, is you, you make it through a couple situations and then you're like, Oh, I can always make it through it. And then, you know, next thing, you know, you're, you know, you get yourself into a situation that you can't get through, you know what I mean? Or one thing changes. And, you know, so like, yeah, I, I definitely, if, if a pilot ever looks at you and goes, Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, this isn't good conditions or we need to wait it out. You need to don't ever push them because, you know, a lot of times these guys are like, it's their job on the line, right? Like, like, you know, if somebody pushes them and says, Hey, well, if you don't want to do it, I'll find somebody else. Well, they'll lose their job. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, nobody's ever looking out for for them unless they're the owner, you know, the owner's looking to make money. The, the customer's looking to get to where they need to be. And the pilot's kind of stuck in the worst spot. So yeah. If you ever have a pilot look at you and say, Hey, let's wait it out a day. Uh, I always say, look, uh, a- aviation is, is, is optional. Like it's always a luxury and it's always optional. So you need to, you know, mother nature wins, uh, 110% of the time.
1: I totally agree. So Dakota, thank you so much for coming on with us. I know you had a long shift at the, uh, the firehouse and, and, uh, I really, really appreciate it. Dakota was a hard man to kneel down for this thing. I know. I'm sorry.
0: One. I'm so sorry, man. I'm so, I owe I mean, you big time.
1: You're here. You did it. So there's nothing to be sorry about, nothing to be sorry about at at all. So we appreciate you for being here and uh, we'd love having you on the show. I'd love to have you back